Welcome back. Welcome back to Wharton Moneyball. Two hours of Sports Analytics Live every Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Cade Massey hosting this morning with all of my buddies and faculty colleagues here at the Wharton School. Shane Jensen on my right, Eric Bradlow on my left, and Audie Weiner straight away. Audie is going to slip away to the classroom as he usually does on Wednesday mornings. We've got to get that changed, Audie. Future. In the future, man. No more Wednesday 9 o'clock classes. Come on, man. We hate losing you, Mid-Show, but we've got him for another half hour, and it's important we have him for the next half hour because he's got questions for our next guest. Our next guest, Michael Lopez, as you may know. Michael is the Director of Data and Analytics for the National Football League. The NFL has a Director of Data and Analytics. Not a team, the league has a Director of Data and Analytics. They created this job maybe a year and a half ago. They searched the world over and chose Lopez. Michael's a longtime friend of the show, frequent guest, he is, he, he is still a professor at Skidmore College. He maintained a position there as he moved over to the NFL, and he's been vital in the analytics revolution at the NFL. Michael, good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kate, for having me on. I don't know if it was a worldwide search. They might have searched a, a couple of zip codes. <laughs> Come on, try to build you up, Michael. Try to build you up. There might have been a few people interested in that job. You know, that would have been an interesting uh, search to, to kibitz on. But they got Mike, Michael, you're an academic, and you've brought that academic um, attitude to the position. MLB has some people, but they don't have this kind of like, let's show, let's bring out data, let's learn from it, let's have competitions where where we feature what students are doing. I think it's terrific. So yep. to, to what extent did, let's just build on that. I mean, to what extent did they tell you exactly what they wanted you to do versus they say, hey, come here and tell us what to do? How, what was, how much of your portfolio is self-directed? It's, been... uh, it's probably a balance of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, there, there's a lot of, of weekly reporting we do in season. And, and I think that, 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 that's not going anywhere. And that, that would be regardless of, of who was in my position. Um, but I think there's also some ways that, you know, whether it's end of year analyses and, and bringing in some uh, novel, you know, football analytical ideas, or certainly with the big data bowl where, you know, where, where some of what I'm, I'm trying to do and grow the, the analytics in the game is, is sort of taking priority. Well, let's talk about the big data bowl. Audie, you, you're going to, Audie's teaching at nine. Michael's also going to teach at nine. Are, are you up at Skidmore right now? I am. Yep. Ah, all right. So we've got to we've got to take care of business before we and we have some other questions for you. But let's jump into the big data bowl. You guys introduced this competition last year, and uh, you've revised it some this year. Can you give us a broad overview of what you're trying to accomplish? What is the competition? What you're trying to accomplish? And then we'll dive into some of the details this year. Yeah, the the two main goals are one to crowdsource ideas into football player tracking, and the the reality is teams got this basically for the first time on all, on all teams, on all players a year ago. And, and when I say this, they got the player positioning of the next-gen stats. So that is uh, roughly 10, coordinate, 10, 10 observations per second, and it's wherever the players go on the field. And so teams have that information now, and the question is, well, what do we do with it? And so one is to crowdsource ideas, and the second is to create a pipeline so that folks that have this ability to analyze this data uh, can then go work for teams and the you know, re- reality is teams uh, would have a hard time identifying who those folks are if, if they can't see anyone who can do that type of – who has that type of skill set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you did this for the first time last year. You basically gave six six games, I think, six games worth of data, and six you weeks. posed you posed a couple of questions. Six weeks. Six, I mean, six weeks worth and of data. And complete tracking data. Yep, the raw, the raw bare-bones stuff. 
it was it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, and then it was you got some messy stuff in there, and you got to figure it out on your own for sure. So one of the things you've done is we're gonna we're gonna package it up for you guys a little. We're gonna save you some of the processing, I think. But more you but you changed the competition fundamentally. Last time you said here are some data and here are some questions like how can we make sense of I don't know like receiver patterns or something. Yep. And this year you're doing it very differently, and we think this is very interesting. Audi, of course, has you know a, a, a kingdom of students here and 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 a lab that he runs, and so they'll be getting into this. They're already into it. But it. Um, can we talk about the the the, cha- the structure you're like? What is the nature of the competition this year? So imagine a running back gets a handoff, and you're basically putting yourself in the position of the running back when he gets the handoff. Try to predict where he's going to end up. And obviously, when, when we're talking about running plays, we're, we're changing the tenor. Last year was sort of mostly about passing plays. This year, it's, it's where is the running back going to end up? And the idea is let's take, let's take the snapshot of the field when the running back gets the ball, almost to imagine yourself in that running back's shoes. And when we're talking about imagine yourself in the running back's shoes, that, that's where are you going to go? Where is the hole? How big is the hole? Where are you on the field? Is it important that you just get a first down, or are you trying for a, a, a bigger play? And so that's kind of the idea this year is that you're 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 at the you're giving probabilities for where each possible yard line is for the running back to end up. Mm-hmm. And how did why did you choose that particular question? It's an important one in football, and it's one that I think has not been answered yet. Which is that that we sort of have this idea, and 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 the the sort of headlines are running backs don't matter. And the reality is is that we're trying to figure out how much of the running backs matter versus how much offensive lines matter, how much does scheme matter. And then maybe how much is sort of stuff that we can't explain even when we have that player tracking data. Mm-hmm. So just to just to just to make that slightly more concrete, if you're trying to understand the relative contribution to the success of a running play between the offensive line and the running back, you you're saying we need to do this first, basically. And one of the reasons might be because if you understand the expected gain given the positioning, you can then say, okay, how much do some running backs do better? with comparable positions than others. And once yep. you have that variation on the running back, you start understanding how much is the line versus how much is the back. Is that an example? Yep, that's it. So, and it's, it's a metric that I think our teams want too, um, and not only our teams, but potentially the network. You can imagine right now on, on screen they're showing a, a completion percentage for uh, a certain catch. Well, you can imagine that the, the frame stops at the handoff and it says the running back has a, a this, this percentage chance of reaching the line of scrimmage, uh, the expected number of yards is this, and that way we can get a better sense of did running backs overperform or underperform on a given play. You know, this reminds me of the whole camera in, in poker. You kind of revolutionized right. poker yeah. because they, they, they can show the cards everyone has and they give expected, you know, expected wins, excess, excess, expected payout. You're saying, essentially, you can say, at this moment, the expected payout. Audi's raising his uh, okay, hand. Okay, so first of all, the poker analogy isn't quite right because that's based on just the probabilities of just show you the rest yes. of the hands. Yes. None of the play involved yes. that, that would change those probabilities. But I, I re- actually very Why interesting. Why is that not perfect analogy? <laughs> Because that's exactly, I mean, if, I mean. Well, because, you know, well, let's not get into the poker. That would be digressive here. But this, I'm very interested to hear what you said because I, I, now I really kind of understand why you're, you set up this, this competition up this way. Because what it looks from the outside is a, like a prediction contest as opposed to an, to an explanatory contest. So the previous one, we're trying to understand like how the roots, it was open-ended, explain football a little bit. This is, well, I want you to predict what happens in the run, not try to, not try to break it down by how much does the, the, the uh, running back contribute, how much the line contribute, how do the, the situations matter. And you also set it up, and I think this is the real, the real interesting one, you just keep, you keep throwing it out as, as sort of probabilities. But 
we don't want point estimates. You don't you don't want the estimate some the median or an expected value. You want a full distribution, and you're being graded on that full distribution. You, you mean a full distribution of possible outcomes? That's Basically right. Yards gained. A, a full yeah. cumulative distribution on every possible value, mm-hmm. and that's how the the grading is. And what what we're starting to figure out with our group is how much does the sort of the the median of that forecast matter, and how much does the concentration of that forecast around uh, around that median matter? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm, I'm we haven't figured this out yet like can you be uh, where are you going to win this you're going to win it by finding a right. certain set of plays where you almost know for sure what is happening and you have a very tight oh. interval or are you going to win it by being unbiased and getting it well, <laughs> that's so is, interesting presumably you need both in your portfolio you do there are moments in a game where you want the certain and there are moments in the game when you want to roll the dice and so i'm not sure you're going to get the answer to the questions you want you might get a, a winner but not an answer well michael this is eric Prado. i just wanted to build on Audie's question when you just were thinking about this what is the I'll just use the term. What's the loss function? Like, you could imagine a loss function. You said your goal is to predict as many plays exactly right. That's obviously not what you're doing. No, no, no I'm just saying. I don't know what, so how, how it's going to work you, out. <laughs> how did you choose to, you know, because you could make very wide predictions and you'll get some hit. Or you could make very narrow ones. You'll get less hits. But when you're right, you'll be more accurate. So how are you guys thinking about that? Well, I think our, my first thought was just give a point estimate. And the issue with is that we're trying to do a live leaderboard over the last four weeks of the regular season. And if you, if, if you want to take a couple of risks and all you're doing is um, a point estimate, you could take a running back gets the ball 90 yards from the end zone, and you can give a prediction of 90. And the reality is if you're doing mean absolute error or mean squared error, that's going to be a major jump uh, in terms of, of, of your, your, where you are on the leaderboard. So we were worried about, about folks manipulating the, the sort of scoreboard to account for the fact that there are those outliers. So instead, we're, the, the sort of evaluation metric is what's called the continuous ranks probability score. And the idea is, right, you're given this probability, and it's some function of the probability. Um, you know, I haven't looked at all of the possible ways to sort of manipulate this score, but the hope is that by, in, by inserting probabilities as, as what we're sort of what, – what we're getting is we're getting the probabilities. The hope is that it's a combination of what you guys mentioned. It's, it's a combination of, uh, of something that was going to help provide accurate probabilities while also being able to give us a point estimate or – even things like probability of being stuffed or probability of getting a first down or probability of getting a touchdown, all those types of things can be extracted once we get those uh, distributions. We're talking to Michael Lopez. Michael is the director of data and analytics at the NFL. He is also uh, an adjunct. He's a, he's an, as a stats prof and now an adjunct because he's working full time for the NFL at Skidmore, where he's teaching this morning at nine o'clock. We're talking about the big data bowl innovation that Michael helped introduce last year. They're in their second year of it. We haven't talked about the process. You're you're referring to a leaderboard, and I've only heard a little bit of conversation about this. But the whole process is different than last year. And let's start with how is it that teams are making these predictions? So uh, actually, I, we don't know. <laughs> Um, some, some but like what, on, what data? I mean, just even yeah, like oh, what yeah, data sure. they're using. So we, we've shared the snapshot of handoff, uh, which, which is the where are the 22 players in the field uh, at once, once the running back gets the ball. And that is on all running plays from the 2017 and 2018 seasons. Uh, and I should say that's all handoff plays, so we're not counting kneel downs or we're not counting uh, direct snaps. And then the job there is to take those 22 observations, which have, which have all the speeds and the XY coordinates, accelerations, directions, orientations, and take those and, and derive features that will roughly uh, correspond to um, one row of, of, a, of a submission. And so you're going to take those, you're going to have some type of tool, um, whether it's a, 
<clears throat> machine learning tool or something else that's going to allow you to get a, a distribution from, from those features that you derive from the 22 players. And Michael, also sharing down distance and yard line and some other sort of game level features. Yeah, right. So what else is in there? You, obviously, some the outcome. The, the outcome variable is simply how many yards are gained. Correct. But yep. so, And the game information is, is down, down distance, distance, yard teams, line. Weather. Weather, teams, score. Surface. Um, maybe even betting line ahead of time for expectations. There's lots of those kinds of... No, it's not. <laughs> betting line is not there. I mean, you have to sort of... You can get that information. Uh, I think the rules of the contest say you're not supposed to use no it. No outside correct? information. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. And then, so they've got all of these plays, and you're choosing it at the point of handoff? Correct. Yep, at the point of handoff. Like I said earlier, just sort of imagine yourself as the ball carrier. At the, at the point of the handoff, the ball carrier sort of has the same information you do. Where are players facing... Where is the double team? Do you have a pulling guard? Those types of things. Okay, this is terrific and wonderful. There are some contextual information around that you might want additional. So just real quickly, I mean, what about the play before or the the offensive tendencies or any or, or like, you know, play action versus have they been running play? Action? Any, any of those kinds of considerations in there? Are there secondary, but or that, that would matter at some point, right? We might have just lost Michael. We heard we heard oh, some. Sorry, okay. no. This is uh, the fire alarm is going off in the building I'm in. <laughs> it's, it's not too bad for us. It's really not too bad for, if you can put up All with right. it. It's no, really I'm not, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the the idea is that you just have that moment at handoff. Um, you could derive the way that the scoring is going is it, it's going in order of uh, one from you know by game from one play to the next, and so you could derive some of the previous things that have happened in the course of the game, um, but that would, okay. you would have to do that yourself. Got it. But here's my Got question. It. I think, isn't the evaluation supposed to be on future data? Are they also going to be done in order in that way? So if you, if you yep, build something... Exactly. So yeah, they will be... in the same exact order as, this, as, the, uh, as the sort of evaluation period is now. Ah, I see. I, I, so, you, so yes, I think that's, that's definitely been misunderstood by my team. The, the, the assumption was is that you, you, whatever you're supposed to admit, su- submit, it should be invariant to permutations of the order of the data. Yep, the it's it's the the sort of way the play IDs are arranged is that it goes from one game to the next, and then within a game it goes from one play to the next in order as they happened. Okay, okay this is the last feature of the contest I want to ask about because we're we're way down in the in the in the in the weeds here, but it's interesting. It's a forecasting challenge. It's interesting as a statistical technology. It's interesting because teams are going to bring some very sophisticated tools to this. I'm sure. But I don't yet understand what is exactly what they're trying to predict and why is there a leaderboard actively running right now? So I understand the modeling piece now. I understand the data they're working with and the question. And they're going to submit an algorithm, essentially, that says you can apply this to any snapshot in the future and it will give you our prediction for what's going to happen. And then what snapshots do you apply that to in the future? So the evaluation period now is being done on the first five weeks of the 2019 season. So folks that are participating now can't really see the outcomes of those plays. Um, you, could, you could certainly look them up on NFL.com, but that's not the sort of intent. The idea is that you're going to see the, you know, basically the, the five weeks of data set that that's going to correspond to the eventual test data. And so you're going to be evaluated on week 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Each week that data is going to come in. I'm going to send it over to Kaggle. They're going to update the leaderboard given the, the submissions that folks have made. And so... Who's ever, whoever's doing well on the evaluation period now is likely going to be also be doing well, um, but, but certainly it's the case that it's a new set of games, and, and your model has to be good enough to, to sort of work with new data, and that could mean new running backs. It could be, uh, it could be 
Um, obviously, it's going to be basically every handoff is different, so it's, it's a completely different set of plays, and you, you have to hope that your model is, uh, is sufficiently going to be able to handle that. And, and that's one of the real virtues of this contest, and that's, that's a defining feature of analysis in general is out-of-sample prediction. The, the best model, if you're, if what you're trying to understand, if, if, what, if we're trying to model what is really going on, you need to be able to, to show that it predicts out-of-sample, and you've designed the contest in order to do that which is great fun. Adi, I know you're going to have to slip away. We have a lot more questions for Michael, but do you want anything else before we... Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting competition, and one of the things that I find, uh, I think, want to get clarified here is that the actual contest winner will be judged on those last four games or five games, not this first part. This is all just for fun. Yep, this is, this is like, uh, it, like, it kind of gives you a good sense of where you are, um, but realistically, being at first or... Um, 874th, uh, it, it does make a difference in terms of what will eventually happen. And it's entirely based on those last five weeks, and you know it, we're going in just as curious as everybody else is. We don't have any idea of the, the types of features that are going to be needed to win, uh, and we're, we're, but we're certainly excited to, to see where it goes. Are you a little worried that people are using these first 10 weeks as that are not part of the training set but are completely available to tune to, to their algorithms? Uh, not really, only in the sense that I just don't think it's going to help you that much on the uh, in, in the last five weeks. Um, th- realistically, you know, it's Kaggle's pretty used to this type of stuff. They're they're generally used to having um, data that nobody's seen before, and then they suddenly gets introduced. The ours is just a little bit different in the sense that it's coming in live, and that it's it, it's data that we haven't seen before. Whereas typically the the data that you know a company that would hold out on Kaggle, the, that data would be uh, sort of you know, hidden from the start, but the company already has it. We just don't have it yet. Uh, and that's kind of the, the sort of exciting and curiosity that comes in. Got it. Michael, let's let's step back and ask what your mission is more broadly. We've been talking about the big data bowl in particular, but you've obviously got a, a bigger commission from the NFL. And you said the goal with the contest was to crowdsource some ideas for analyzing these data, these new motion tracking data, and also to generate a pipeline for um for talent that teams might hire just in general how how should we think about what you're doing you know we talk to teams and you know they're competing with one another and they want an edge on these things and some teams are investing heavily in analytics and they're hoping that's an advantage over teams that aren't investing heavily in analytics what does the role the league think of how does the league think of its role in analytics are they trying to push this onto teams are they trying to promote in what sense does this serve the league well, I think part of the reason I was I was hired in the first place is because the league looked at what teams were doing and, and sort of uh, assessed that if, if our teams were going to be beefing up, then, then maybe they should be too. Uh, and, and most of the sort of advanced stuff that I would be doing would certainly be on the on the, the rules side of things. So what can we, how can we use player tracking data to, to better learn about the game? Uh, and, and not just player tracking data, but also some of the play-by-play data. And, and so I think realistically, there, there's a lot of what I'm doing that is just a league-level basis and not really caring about teams winning. And, you know, quite honestly, I want healthy quarterbacks. I want competitive games. Mm-hmm. I want uh, uh, well-officiated plays and those types of things. And if, if, if the state of the game is good, uh, then, then that sort of is, is a good spot for the league to be in. Uh, and there's a lot, a lot of other league data that, that we could have in terms of, you know, business data or Instagram mentions or Pizza Hut commercials. And, and the league has some of that data, too. I'm much more on the field, and, and what, is, what does that product tell us about the game? Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, is, is there kind of a corresponding sort of chief analytics position in the other professional sports, or is this kind of a unique thing that just happened? Your position is uh, in part a product of like kind of, you know, the, the NFL perhaps, like then the teams not being as analytics savvy as, say, a typical baseball organization, and then all of a sudden this next-gen uh, data comes in and hits them. 
Is is that kind of those that substrate? Is that kind of unique to the NFL as far as your position is concerned, or would there be value to something like this in ba- basketball, baseball, etc.? I certainly think there's value for all the leagues to have uh, as many of these folks as, as possible. Um, I, I will also, I, the NBA was really helpful as I got started. Uh, I've, I've reached out to a couple of folks that are in similar roles in the NBA, um, whether it was about their hackathon and their experience or some of the, the, the ways that they're taking to analyze their game or their officials and things like that. So I, I can, I'm certainly happy to, to give them a little bit of credit too, and, and I know they've had some folks for a couple of years now that have been doing some really good work. I can't speak as much to MLB and NHL or MLS, but I think it, it's certainly a position that leagues uh, would, you know, would typically when a league is going to make a rule change, there, there's sort of a lot of expert coach opinions. And in this case, you know, we're able to provide sort of some supplementary data that, that can help drive those conversations. Mm-hmm. To the outsider, it looks like you've done a phenomenal job, especially through the Big Data Bowl, but but, but the combination of the next-gen stats, motion tracking, and the Big Data Bowl has spawned so much activity and so much interest. And and there are, you know, you're never going to compete with the sabermetrics community in baseball, but it's almost at that level in terms of frenzy and interest and use from people that are you know, one layer outside the NFL. And I'm not sure if that's intended or not, but it se- to an outsider, it seems to me that you and the league are advancing analytics in the league almost indirectly by by gen- generating all this activity outside of the league. The, the dialogue, the interest, the, the, the pipeline you say, people working on these things. And it's, I, I don't think teams are immune, even though they're something they'd like to be. And you know they they're they're pretty robust against. It. I don't think they're immune to the conversation that's happening around them among media, commentators, fans, the analysts, even the casual analysts. And I, I suspect that because of what you're doing, you're you're going to actually generate more interest inside the buildings as well. Does does that dynamic sound right to you? Yeah, and we're certainly hoping to play a small role. I mean, my the anecdote that I have is I, I was a when I was in college, I played football. I was an offensive lineman. And the reality is, is I went to do a senior thesis in statistics, and there was no football data. So I had to do a senior thesis in baseball data. And I think that that always sort of stuck with me as like, I would have loved to have been able to analyze any football data. And and so, you know, for me now to, to sort of get to this point and say like, all right, there are other current Mike Lopez's that are an undergraduate, and, and they would like to be able to answer these questions. And, and for a while, they couldn't. And that was just the reality of where football data was. And, and I think that we're able to, to play a small role in, in advancing the field. And, and we're not alone. I mean, the, the, you know, Ron and, and, and Maxime, who did the NFL scraper package, have done a, a lot of the same things, which is if you, you know, and the, 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 if you build it, they will come. This is, you know, if you release the mm-hmm. data, they will start to analyze it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're starting to see some of that with, uh, with football tracking data. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, this is Eric Browder. Just one quick question. Is there anything that someone needs to know really about the NFL? Like, let's imagine I'm an expert in prediction. I know how to build complicated, sophisticated machine learning algorithms that have good out-of-sample predictive power. Can someone just dive in? This is more of a question of jobs. Can someone that's just good at statistics ju- jump in and all of a sudden become a good prediction person for the NFL? I think if they have the right folks that, that have the football-centric knowledge to, to give them advice on what to do, for sure. I mean, realistically, you know, I don't know who's going to win our contest, but the, the folks that I, I hope are, are scoring well are the ones who have football-specific expertise and also statistics expertise. And you know, those, you know, that Venn diagram doesn't generally have a huge overlap, so potentially by working together, and if you're a, a football person, you're pairing with a data person, or vice versa. If you're a data person, you're pairing with a football person. You can start to, to sort of merge talents and come up with, you know, what are the best features for this model? How can we continue to derive new ways of improving this model? 
And I think a lot of, you know, our hope is that it's, it takes a lot of football-centric features to do well here. It's not just about having the best and fanciest model that have down distance and acceleration, for example. Well, that's going to be interesting, really interesting to see. It'd be interesting to know that of the teams that do really well, where and how they pulled in their football knowledge or football expertise beyond just the statistical stuff. Terrifically, yep. terrifically interesting. Listen, Michael, thank you for joining us. Always appreciate your taking time out and love the work you're doing. We follow it. We promote it. We wish you the best with it. All right. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Absolutely. That's Michael Lopez, Director of Data and Analytics at the NFL. He is a stats prophet. Skidmore, he was in that role full-time before the NFL poached him about a year and a half ago to get this position up and on the way. And he is the force behind the Big Data Bowl. NFL's in its year two of its data competition called the Big Data Bowl. Michael Lopez. All right, guys, that's been the first half of Wharton Moneyball. We still have a half to go. Come back and join us after the break.